0: Hey, Ian Lance. It's your pal, Christopher Walken. I heard that douche calling in saying I wasn't the real guy. What a prick. That's a pretty good impression, though. Other than if he took the dick out of his mouth, you sound a little better. Anyway, I'll call back again if you need some schooling from the genuine article. Later. (laughs)
1: This is Sick and Wrong,
2: the world's source for antisocial commentary,
1: brought to you by AdamandEve.com.
2: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, G. Simon. Wackerly is still on vacation in Europe. I've, I've been hearing rumors that he has impregnated his lady, and now he's doing the right thing by eloping, getting married. But these are completely unsubstantiated. These, are, these rumors have no um, foundation. They have, you know they're, they're, There's been no proof that any of these rumors are true. I've also heard rumors that he didn't go to Europe at all, but instead he went to Thailand by himself for two weeks. Which who knows what happens in Thailand? I just know Lance Wackley would probably enjoy that place more than you know a normal guy. So uh, once again this week, filling in Joe Kelly is yo, yo. Uh, here with Sick and Wrong. What's up, Joe? Yo, yo, what's up, Joe Kelly? Thanks for being on the show. Got it. Um, of course, last week we record. What did we record? Last Thursday? Last Friday? Mm, yeah. I think yes, last Thursday. Um, we record the show the next day. Some wacko goes on a massacre on a college campus, kills a bunch – kills like, a, like six people, kills himself, left all these creepy videos on YouTube announcing his hatred of women, and he leaves behind a 140-page manifesto. We missed the whole thing. What did we do? We talked about a, a porn star that killed herself and a, a revenge right. for for hire company. Meanwhile, just missing this whole thing. This is like a classic sick and wrong. This is the sick and wrong curse. It's a you know, we do have, a show huh? next, next day, some cataclysmic event occurs, and we miss it completely. So anyway, this week we're going to be talking about it. But by the time this show comes out, everybody will know every piece of minutiae about Elliot Roger. You know, everybody, I mean, it's, the, it's all over the media. Interesting story. The guy calls himself the perfect guy. And a supreme gentleman, but yet he's been overlooked by women, who prefer obnoxious brutes. Now, did you watch any of those videos? To I read did. his manifesto.
3: I, I, I did when it broke. You know, I, you can't help but I mean, watch some of those. Uh, I watched the. I don't know how many. I don't know how many they are, but I watched the one one of them, and then I watched another one where he's he's kind of like driving and and kind of playing music as he's driving.
2: Yeah, he, he was listening to Whitney Houston. Yeah. That, that's really, why he's not getting chicks. Yeah. He's a little self-absorbed. Yeah. Play a little Still Tupac. Cool, cool. Right. He might pick up some ladies. I mean, two the, crew. The, the thing is about that guy is, I mean, he's wealthier than I was at that age. I mean, I, I, I didn't even have a car at that age. He's driving a BMW. It's probably part of the problem. You
3: know, you got everything with, you know, you didn't have to work for anything. And he figured the one thing
2: he doesn't have hot piece of ass.
3: Well, he he probably figured he didn't have to work for that either. They should just all come to him, just like the BMW and just like the
2: you – know, He did. Huge he, house he lived I in. think he felt because he's uh, – He was owed. He, no, he had the sense of entitlement, yeah, this, the yeah. sense of being owed. And right. uh, But meanwhile, the, the kid suffers from Asperger's. Probably he's never even spoken to a woman. I mean, it, it said he made one effort to try to lose his virginity because that's what he was so focused on, which is funny because, I mean, we were all focused on that. I mean, how often – it mean, wasn't that in the forefront of uh, your mind pretty much throughout high school. It's like, I want to get laid kind of still is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, when you were a virgin though, right. I mean, that's all I thought about. Yeah. It, but the thing is with this guy, it's like, I think he could have hired a hooker. He had enough money to do it. He could have I hired still... a
3: high class hooker. I mean, yeah, but
2: he... I don't think that would have resolved this inner dilemma. This, uh, the, his, his deep rooted hatred. I think he, he had issues with himself and, uh, you know, it, it played out obviously in his manifesto. Mm. Uh, the manifesto is, I don't know if you've read any of it, but there are some great excerpts in it. Um, <laughs> I, I think you should probably page through it, but there's a part at the end where his fantasy is, uh, essentially he envisioned himself to be Hitler and he'd wow. have a concentration camp where all women would be starved to death and he'd watch it. And then select a few just for breeding programs. The kid's completely insane. He's nuts, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't imagine. Although now I wonder how many girls after uh, you know all this, they, you know the kid's got uh, uh, Facebook fan pages. What? That's the irony. Now this kid, this kid, Elliot Rogers, Facebook fan pages. That's the irony. As I bet you now, um, he probably could get laid. With the notoriety, what's wrong Jeez. with our society, Joe Kelly? I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, this week we will discuss uh, the curious case of a misogynistic loner named Elliot Roger. We have two special guests who are going to offer two completely different viewpoints of the situation. Um, Arthur Chu, a uh, Jeopardy champion. You heard of this guy? He had that mm-hmm. unorthodox yes. technique yes. of uh, playing Jeopardy. Um, he wrote an article for Daily Beast about uh, nerd culture and male entitlement. So we're going to talk to him for a little bit, and then up, coming up a little bit later, uh, Vince Kelvin, who's a professional pickup artist, will also um, discuss this—the uh, case of Elliot Roger and uh, and and the pickup artist community. Because you know, Elliot Roger did—I guess he tried the whole pickup artist thing. He paid for classes, failed miserably because the kid has issues. And then he uh, joined this anti-pickup artist movement where they just hate the pickup artists. So um, hopefully we can get uh, Vince Kelvin to talk about that. Anyway, uh, before we get to, uh, to, to our first call here with our Arthur Chu, here's a word from our sponsor, Adam and Eve. It's Butt Plug Month on adamandeve.com show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom and by something new
4: i mean a butt plug because if you order right now and use coupon code diddle you get 50 percent off your first item a gift so sensual i can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake and on top of all of that free shipping support sick and wrong by supporting our sponsor adamandeve.com and making a purchase with coupon
3: code diddle that's d-i-d-d-l-e
2: Hello? Arthur. Hey. Hey, how's it going? It's uh, D. Simon here, calling from Sick and Wrong. Uh, thanks for being on the show tonight. No problem. Um, so, uh, I got a couple questions about uh, some Jeopardy-related questions, if you don't mind. Um, okay. You're known as the Jeopardy villain. Well, what, uh-huh. what, do you, what do you think of that moniker? Who gave that to you?
4: That was actually, it was meant um, affectionately, I think, with someone on Twitter when I was doing really well, and a lot of people were freaking out because a lot of people hadn't disliked me when I first was on the show. Um, and this guy on Twitter posted just, like, a picture of me with my face looking kind of smug and just saying, this is the face of the Jeopardy villain. Can anyone <laughs> stop Arthur Atheck, Arthur Chew? And
5: that, and that a meme. kind of took
4: off. Yeah, I, I think um, the the best incarnation of it was the Taiwanese animation thing where they, they actually literally showed me as like the Joker from the dark Knight, And, <laughs> you know, uh, I embrace that to a degree. I mean, you can't get mad about people not liking you. I mean, you, you can't stay mad about it anyway.
2: You, you, you you just ignore it. Yeah. 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 You know, um, well, why do you think there is such vitriol? Was it, was it your unorthodox technique? At playing Jeopardy? Is that what it was? Is it the fact that you were successful? Um, I think it was a, a lot of things. Um, I think there's a lot
4: of negative reactions to people on Jeopardy, but usually those reactions c- come and go because the people come and go, and it just gets worse if you know there's someone who sticks around a long time and keeps winning and kind of rubs it in. Um, but definitely one side of it is that people like to play along from home. So if there's someone who's bouncing around the board a lot randomly, um, it makes it a lot harder for them to follow along, and it makes the game less pleasant for them, and then they blame the person who's making the game less pleasant for them. Um, and it didn't help that I had kind of like a rumpled appearance. You know, people said that my social skills weren't that great on the show, and for me, you know, other people, Julia, who's on the show right now, um, has presents herself very differently than I do for me, that was what I had to do to be able to again the headspace to win
2: the game that 's kind of what I liked about that your image is like you 're like you know i 'm mm. not going to wear a suit doesn' go like a, you uh, know, like like I normally look
4: yeah
2: I like this Whatever, what, you know. what do you think yeah. of uh, Julia Collins? do you think you 'd trounce her
4: no i don 't know um, I think we have very different strengths and weaknesses. I think one of the things is that um, I mean, what people are saying is that I was a very, like, game-focused uh, player, that I was focused on the strategy of it, um, you know, keeping up the pace of the game, um, a sort, a sort of like intimidating my opponents by, by going for those tough questions first, upending the, the normal structure of the game, and Julius was the opposite of that. And in a way, you almost get this false sense of complacency that... Um, a lot of people didn't even think she was that good until it just turned out, hey, she just keeps winning and winning and winning and winning, so she knows a lot. Um, hmm. So that is a challenge. In fact, if anything, I'd say some of my advantages are going to be uh, harder to call on in the tournament of champions just because um, champions are all really good players. Champions have also all are all experienced players. They've all played before, so it's much harder to throw uh, someone off of their off of their game, throw them off their rhythm in the tournament of champions. You know, well, yeah, of, because you're playing well, against was, champions. Yeah, um, a lot of my advantage was just that um, I had a very unorthodox style of playing the game, and and it threw people off because if you are not the returning champion in, in the regular season, it's your first time ever playing Jeopardy. You know, actually playing Jeopardy, and so that that factor, that the learning curve. Made it hard for people to get up the momentum to beat me. With Julia, she's just winning consistently without having to deal with that factor. So that's mm. um, that's a plus for her. In terms of knowledge, I can't really judge. I think um, yeah. I know some things better than she does. She knows some things better than I do. And then it just comes down to the luck of the draw for what they they throw for the categories.
2: What well, well, What about Alex Trebek? How How did he feel about your series of of wins and 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 your 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 technique of playing the game? Oh. Well, um, you know, I don't really know. Uh,
4: Alex Trebek doesn't hang out with the contestants. Yeah, do, um, does he off
2: camera? Does he, t- do you talk to no, him? Does he have a, no, he doesn't uh, at all. He just he, leaves it's like later.
4: He appears when the show starts and he disappears when they, I mean, he's there talking to us and they do that shot of us making conversation as a credits roll. They're, we're actually talking, but it's just small talk. It's just chit chat. Um, and it's usually everyone's too flustered to really talk about much. There's sort of like, you know, who's with you? Is that your mom? Is that your wife? You know, just pointing people out in the audience, um, that kind of thing. Uh, but I mean, I think it's partly a matter of propriety. Um, they don't want any accusations of Alex, um, favoring one person over another. So he can't really hang out and make friends with us. And I think he also just values his, his personal space and his personal time. He's a very professional guy. um, after all of this happened, uh, because all of a sudden there was a lot more media coverage of Jeopardy. When I was on the show, um, they did interview Alex. Um, they interviewed him on the Five on Fox News, and they asked him about. And then he was, you know, he said like he thought I was a very good player, and no, he didn't have any hatred for me, but I appreciated. <laughs> no, well, will. That's good. Yeah, he, he 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 said that you know um, he did a couple interviews later on. He did a. A uh, a really um, surprisingly forthcoming interview with Nerdist. Um, yeah. Just yeah, where he he just said, you know, his philosophy of hosting that as as the hosts are not there to put yourself or your opinions on display. You're not there to take sides. You're there to you know help the contestants be all they can be. And I don't think the show would have. The success that it does, if we didn't have this perception that you know Alex Trebek is this impartial. You know, he's he's just letting the show happen. But you he's never sort of you can't accuse him.
2: Yeah, you can't accuse him of being a showboater. You know, he's he's no Bob yeah. Barker. He's Alex yeah, Trebek. It's yeah. it's very yeah. different styles. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, um, Arthur, the reason I'm having you on the show today is uh, to discuss a recent article that uh, you wrote for the Daily Beast. About nerds, uh-huh. entitlement, and uh, misogyny uh, in reference uh-huh. to uh, recent events in Santa Barbara uh, with Elliot Roger. Mm-hmm. So, what inspired you to write this article? Um, do, do you relate to the frustration felt by Elliot Roger and, and most adolescent male nerds?
4: I mean, yeah, I do um it was I, I think you know a lot of people do um what inspired me to write it really um I mentioned in the article what I was supposed to be writing I write for the Daily Beast, um just like pop culture stuff. I was supposed to be writing something about the Big Bang theory. I was working on it, but I was distracted by the fact that there was this news story, you know, and it yeah. was a very, very distressing story. And then, you know, I was on Twitter, I'm on Twitter a lot, and I started seeing this trending hashtag, um, hashtag, you know, yes, all women, um, in response to not all men. And yeah. that topic is something that's been going on for a while. But, you know, people saying, you know, we want to have this conversation about how this is a serious topic and we don't want, you know, guys constantly being defensive whenever it gets brought up and, and derailing the conversation. And, Stories shared on yes all women are very powerful like I, I'm not yeah people when people uh, sort of accuse me of saying like you're not really talking about Elliot i am like yeah, okay, I'm not um I'm talking about him because because something like this had to happen for us to talk about all of this other stuff you know but yeah the 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 issue is that that it's very rare for an ideology to cause someone to go off the deep end and, and commit a mass murder suicide. No matter what the ideology is, it's very rare. But when that happens and people start looking at it, you know, we have a we have a chance to actually start actually say, hey, it, it goes beyond this one incident. This is a pattern. These are these thoughts that he had. These things that he said look at how they manifested in people's lives and left scars on all of these women sharing their stories. And
2: and how have we seen this before in the past? Well, um, we've literally seen it before.
4: Yeah. It's not the first time. The
2: 1989 Nicole
4: Polytechnique shooting in Montreal uh, where a man, you know, invaded a classroom to kill the feminists, he said. And, And that was, a really distressing story because it was literally like there were a bunch of men there and there was a gunman who was specifically targeting women and the men sat there and let him do it. And it was a really disgusting story to read about. Not just like he did it but but what the, the guys there, you know, had an opportunity to do the most important thing you can do, which is step up when when women are being attacked and didn't. Um there was like in two thousand one there was uh, a guy who they attributed like he drove his car into a crowd because of yeah. sexual frustration in and '09 in Pennsylvania. There was a guy who shot up an aerobics class in a gym, and then they found his diary online. Yeah, I mean this is just another and, yeah, another
2: yeah. incident in a litany of circumstances and yeah, uh, yeah. Of, of of men feeling uh, you know acting out of uh, sexual frustration. Um, yeah. Um. Do you? Would you classify Elliot Rogers a nerd, as a typical nerd? Well, he was—he was addicted to World of Warcraft. So I mean, <laughs> it's kind of hard, and not, but yeah, I know what
4: you mean. The um, the word nerd is such a—it's—I mean, it's, it's a silly word in the first place. It's such a slippery concept. Especially, now. and it's... Elliot Rogers used the term nerd as an insult, which is not a thing that makes you not a nerd. I can say, but it's. Um, but then he also hated Asians and he was half Asian so he had a yeah. lot of issues with his own identity going on there but, um, when but I think a lot nerd, of issues I mean, in general yeah yeah um, when I say nerd I mean this, um, this sense of you know the, the classic like I was bullied in school I had a tough time in school I have a tough time talking to people the sense of yourself as, as the underdog you know and there's a certain narrative in in our culture that's really, um, really common. And increasingly, you know, we talk about the triumph of the nerds or whatever, increasingly, that's a story more and more people want to identify with the, The triumph of the underdog. Yeah. It's, it's a badge of pride. It's like, you know, I'm weird, I'm unusual, but I'm special because of it. And now it's like the smart kid who was into weird pursuits, like, Computers and the internet, who's running the world, and we're celebrating that. And that's not an entirely bad thing. But the reason I wanted to talk about nerd culture is like um, that that carries with it the sense that because at one point I was the victim, you know, now um, I can't be the bad guy. I can't be the bully, I'm the bully somebody else. And there's a lot of you know bad behavior by people who kind of identify with this culture. I mean, there's been a lot of stories coming out of Silicon Valley about. You know, sexism in the tech industry, sexual assault and harassment at tech conferences.
2: So I mean, do you think – so you specifically mentioned nerd culture. But, I mean, do you think nerds suffer this sense of male entitlement more so than their less intelligent counterparts? I mean, Because the, no. the, the thing is, don't didn't we all strive for, you know, women out of our league? And then eventually you realize it's not going to happen and, you know, I'm just going to date yeah. a girl that I find interesting? I mean, I just think it's, it's a um, sense of emotional maturity. Yeah. It's a it's a it's definitely it's
4: I don't mean to say, oh well, you know, non nerds, whatever that means. Like jocks are, are great guys. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, I would not defend the idea that nerds are, are worse in that sense. It's a problem with, with the culture, whatever form the culture takes. In fact the, what it really is is that the culture is kind of the same culture but it's it's pretending a lot of people are, are putting on this like nerd identity because it's a positive thing. Cause if you get to say I'm the underdog, whether or not you are actually an underdog, you get this kind of like the like badge, like um, you t- you get to excuse things that you do. I mean, Elliot Roger, was he really an underdog? His dad was an assistant director in Hollywood. He, he on, drove a BMW films. He was yeah. rich. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, I would say that what what bothers me is is I am particularly bothered by guys, but I think you know in other ways they're good guys not not bad people necessarily, but who have this major blind spot and it is that that sort of victim complex that self pity complex that keeps them from seeing um, there's a lot of you know we 're not necessarily talking about stories of rape and assault and physical abuse though that happens way too often but there's a lot of stories um, just on about, women about just like, yeah, I'm um, just like a, a, an atmosphere of not being made to feel safe, not being made to feel welcome. And guys not knowing they're doing anything wrong, guys thinking, you know, you know, like like stories about women who repeatedly say, no, just leave me alone. I'm not interested. And guys saying, well, that makes you cruel and mean? Why are you rejecting me? You know, yep. um, just like this, a very sort of me centered, you're doing this to me and and you owe me something. And just how harmful it is for someone to grow up in an environment where, you know, you're always the one someone needs something from, you well, know, I guess that's the role of girl plays. place.
2: Th- this, this feeling like of you owe me something. Did, did we feel like that in the 80s? Or do you think this is something, you know, in in the modern Inter, age of the internet, with uh, social media, with these pickup artist communities. Is is this where that oh, feeling developed? Oh, no, no, no. I don't think it's,
4: it's modern. I'm
2: not, I, I
4: actually, I think it's, well, I think it's almost the opposite. I think that uh, you go back in time and you do, you know, this is like why people watch man, Men right? You go back in time and you just look at how awful, yeah things were the, the things that were normal you know not not even being edgy, but you know having like rape in a movie and having it be a positive thing like on with the wind or whatever um and and I think what's happened is that you know we all kind of have these scripts, we all have these stories about what's normal, and on the surface level, things change you know there's there's feminism there's women speaking up. We get we get taught that these things are wrong, but they're still in our culture. So then we get guys who feel like something's been robbed from them, something's been stolen from them that should be rightfully theirs. I mean, you literally hear people in these communities, these men's rights communities or whatever, saying, like, it was better in the old days because in the old days you could count on a woman really appreciating you because she needed you. And now women have their own jobs and their own incomes, and all of a sudden women are free to... You know, and then they say, this is why nice guys can get ahead because nice, stable, good guys aren't needed by women anymore. And and the feeling like I need to be needed. I'm less of a man now because I don't, you know, that, that's to me a very powerful message that that's coming out in a lot of these frustrations people express.
2: Well, I understand that this isn't a modern feeling. I mean, obviously, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's been felt through for for decades, throughout history. But I just feel like now these self-pitying, you know, uh, Asperger's afflicted uh, malcontents can all get together on this forum and wallow in their own self-pity yeah. and feed off of each other and just and, engender well, and this feeling of misogyny. I just don't, I, I, I think it, it existed before. I just don't think it existed out in the open and so accessible as it is now.
4: Well, it's, it's true that one of the things about the internet uh, you know it's good and it's bad, but on the internet you're never alone. You know you can you can find validation for anything on the internet, and it may well be that there's some some messed up stuff that gets amplified more and gets a chance to become more and more messed up through like feedback on the internet. I w- I would be cautious about because the main thing about the internet is it also makes things more accessible to people who aren't part of the club. Um, the pickup artist thing is is old and I think it was actually thriving more back in like Oh three and Oh four when the internet was younger, you know? Um, and, and the communities were more spread apart because now, you know, the pickup artist communities that are out there and they have this huge persecution complex because now as you, you go on the internet and you say, Hey, I'm a pickup artist, you know, I I buy into this stuff. You're going to get a lot of criticism. You can't escape people showing up on online anymore, you know, through social media, like people who are unfriendly to you sharing your stuff and saying, look at this, this is, this is screwed up, you know? So, so it, it enables criticism as well. Um, but I just be cautious of saying like, I think, um, I mean, I, I was a history major in college. I did my thesis on like advertising and marketing in the 20th century with, with a look at at sort of how the media has evolved. And and we've forgotten a lot about how messed up things used to be in the past. I, I Mad Men kind of shows
2: you
4: that. Yeah. We're kind of just not, I don't even want to say we romanticize or Like, I don't think, I think we're just not that interested in the past. So, so we just don't look that closely at it. Um, but, you know i I would say i would I would say um, I think it 's more likely that we are seeing these things as you say out in the open more articulated more, mm-hmm. but i don 't think things are necessarily worse in fact, if anything i 'd say um, talking about mad Men culture or whatever, a lot of these pickup artist guys sell what they 're doing is saying, hey, this seems to be." The normal thing, the normal way a man would seduce a woman, and we're reclaiming this, you know, this tradition. And that's a distortion, but to an extent, it's true. I mean, to an extent, it was once like perfectly normal and acceptable. If you listen to the song, "It's Cold Outside," it was perfectly normal and acceptable to say, "Hey, if a guy wants to sleep with a woman, he needs to, you know, aggressively initiate physical contact, and she's supposed to say no, and yeah, that kind of,
2: you know." They're selling but, snake oil to. Gullible individuals yeah. who are desperate, and that's yeah, just I mean, how it um, works.
4: Elliot Roger,
2: yeah, go ahead. Well, but th- that's what the thing. Elliot Roger bought into it. It obviously didn't work for him. Um, I know yeah, he was on. He
4: was on a website called PUA Hate pickup artists hate and you were like well see he wasn't a pickup artist he hated pickup artists but that's the thing it's like the next level of it is that you try and if it doesn't work for you you get even madder and more resentful and frustrated <laughs> but, and
2: yeah just, at women
4: you know and at, at the pickup artists who took your money and promised to teach you things and didn't and at the women that you still can't sleep with and so PUA hate you know they took that site down but it was Oh, uh, if you ever even like glanced at it, there was a Twitter account PUA Hate Text that, which is like, post quotes on it. It was just this this cesspool because it was just people who who were angry and and frustrated and had no hope and just kept like feeding on each other, you know. And what the pickup um, the artists kind of promise is a formula that they say always works, works every time. or very reliably works and. And they're they're lying when they say it always works. But yes, if you try it on a lot of people, it works a lot of the time, and it works because women are you know socialized to feel like they owe guys something. Women are socialized to feel scared of guys and to try to avoid confrontation with guys. The thing that really got me was like, if it if it works, but it makes you, it means that you scarred somebody, you traumatize somebody. Is it worth it? Is it um, it's like hmm. I could teach you how to make money fast by you know finding gullible people and
2: well, by preying on someone's game. insecurities.
4: I mean that's, yeah, that's yeah, essentially could, what
2: they do. It's
4: it's like selling a car, right? Yeah. You can sell the most cars if you if you lie and you manipulate and you bully, and some people do that and they make money doing it. Is it worth it? Is is that the right thing to do? And if you think it is, then. Then, you know you might be successful but i don't like you but i think, <laughs> but you I think you're just going to end up it. being
2: even more frustrated and then sitting yeah, on a, and yeah. then referring to yourself as an incel and uh hanging incel, out with other incels yeah. on uh on some forum you know what i i think they should try to do is uh, try to get on jeopardy you know that oh. might work <laughs> did 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 you uh quick question before we get out of here did did you have a lot of female admirers from being on that show Oh, jeopardy yeah.
4: um i had a lot of admirers of both sexes um but, oh, well. yeah it's kind of funny my wife said like yeah you're married so uh, high school girls yes yes i'm married there's there's like high school girls who have like these little
2: crushes on me and it's cute you know it's funny um were <laughs> i mean were they actually, sending I, you weird pictures and love notes and things like that no Exactly. I mean, not, no, not, not really like that. Just like, I, I was just was, wondering was how girl, fanatical.
4: There was a girl who wrote a poem about me and her friend was like, if you read this on,
2: online, it will make her day. So I made a video about it and, you know, they got really excited and, you know, it's fun. I bet to Trebek yeah, has like probably that. received some weird shit over the years. Oh yeah. yeah. Trebek
4: is, um, he, he guards his personal life pretty closely, but I mean, you know, uh, he, he got married to, like, a 26-year-old when he was in his late 40s, so good on him for that, I suppose. <laughs> um, All right,
2: well, Arthur, thanks for being on the show. I'm going to let you go. Um, uh, but can I plug your website or something?
4: Uh, yeah, well, people can follow me on Twitter at Arthur underscore AFECT, A-F-F-E-C-T, Um and my website is um, arthur-shu.com. com.
2: right. and, um, and uh, It's just, like, and,
4: sort of a calling card website.
2: And and do you, do you uh, typically uh, do you write like a monthly column or a weekly column for Daily Beast?
4: Uh, I, I, I'm a freelancer, so I am write on a semi-regular basis. But, yeah, every, every week or so you can expect to see something from me on the Daily Beast. I've also just been doing some fun articles, like fact articles for uh, mental floss,
2: all right. I'll have to check it out. Well, Arthur, thanks for being on the show, man. You have a good night. Yeah, you too. Okay, so that was Arthur Chu, former Jeopardy! champion. That's the point. Right there. He's making the point about um, these pickup artists and uh, misogyny and, uh, and, and, and the, the mentality of these guys that go and seek out these pickup artists to, to help them meet women. Well, now here's the counterpoint from an actual pickup artist uh, named uh, Vince Kelvin. His uh, site is seductioncoaching.com. Let, let's give Vince a call. Hello, this is Vince. Hey, Vince. How's it going? It's uh, D. Simon great. here. How are you? Good. It's D. Simon and uh, Joe Kelly calling from Sick and Wrong. Hey, Vince. How's awesome. it going? Hey, thanks for being on the show tonight. Very good um, So are you having a seminar or something in uh, San Francisco? What, what brings you to the Bay Area?
0: Oh, I'm having so many different things. I just did a free presentation tonight. I'm doing a lot of one-on-one during the day some filming, a boot camp, three-day boot camp, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then I have not done it for years, but the guys were asking for it. I'm doing an NLP and hypnosis, renegade style, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday evening. So a lot of women to visit.
2: So wait, 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 you're a hypnotist?
0: You know, that's one of the things I touched on throughout the years. I'm not necessarily attached to it, but it helps because it's a very potent... Form of communication.
2: It's got to help you pick up chicks, though, and you can hypnotize them, you know?
0: Yeah, but, you know, coming from that angle, it presupposes you have to do something very special for women to finally like you, and that's the wrong mindset. I think hypnosis can help a guy more at the level of letting go of all the preconceived ideas so he can feel good about himself and know that women are human beings and it doesn't take that much for them to enjoy being with you. Or if they don't, you know, it's their problem.
2: That's true. So so tell me, uh, Vince, how long have you been in the uh, seduction coaching business?
0: it kind of evolved throughout the years you know I moved to America when I was 19 and I wanted a green card so I got married super fast amazing crazy woman unlike no woman I've ever met but she was very very wild and strangely enough two years down the road she passed away So I was kind of a shock for a 21-year-old at the time. And um, I hit rock bottom, so I got into self-help, started studying with guys like Tony Robbins, and I really hustled, I paid my dues. So before I knew it, I was working with them, I was starting to teach myself meditation, time efficiency, all the good stuff. And then everything was getting better, but I was still kind of wrestling with uh, that event, which was pretty significant. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to dive into improving that aspect of my life. That was kind of before the whole pickup community thing. And then I joined forces with Ross Jeffries early on in the late 90s. And um, it became kind of my specialty because I, I really genuinely love women and I think there's a big difference that needs to be made at that level.
2: But is it, I mean, are all these skills transferable? Like, it sounds like you teach, like, this is the template. These are the skills you need for every woman. Cause it seems like every woman, you know, a woman's an individual. Every woman has particular likes and dislikes. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just surprised that a certain technique is like a catch-all that will work on any woman. Like, you know, it seems absolutely. like a generalization. You're,
0: you're totally right. It's really about uh, being able to individualize, but the same way we all have different looks, but we all basically, most people have two arms, two legs. There's like a common core that applies for every situation. One thing that comes in the way for most guys is that the principal is because she's beautiful, or even if she's not that beautiful, but because she's a woman, that her, lacking the guy or not, is a choice that will be uh, right. And that comes in the way, because if a girl that's beautiful doesn't say yes to the guy, he's kind of devastated. That mindset Mm. is very detrimental. But if instead we realize they're just human beings, beauty is just beauty, and the girl could be socially slow, sexually retarded, and it's got nothing just to do retarded. with the guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Or just plain retarded, which could happen too, and it's or not the guy's retarded. fault. Or just retarded. Yeah. Yeah. That happens yeah, to my co-host what a you're lot. Saying.
0: The, uh, you got to adapt. Forgive me. But you got to, you really have to, to adapt. And also, I like to customize, because I've done so many hours of one-on-one coaching uh, with hypnotherapy, success coaching, that it doesn't take long after a while to just know how to uh, help a guy in his own ways, meaning um, some guys have to approach it differently depending on their personality.
2: So, so you, you, you help them enhance their own strengths and uh, boost their confidence. That's what kind of what it sounds like to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to also come from a mindset that's a bit more realistic, I think that uh, the, the reality is going to be, it doesn't matter who we are, there's always some women that are not going to get it. And it may not have anything to do with us.
2: Yeah, that's why I was wondering if, if, if there's a way, like, did, do you teach, teach them how to manage their expectations? Like, did, do you have a guy who's like, you know, five foot two, a little bit overweight and balding? Are you going to, do, do you tell them like, hey, you know, unless you're a billionaire, you're probably not going to score with that model. Like, do you do you that know, or do you w- say, w- hey, any girl? Lies,
0: it's, yeah, you're right. It's, but it's a polarity, too. I think that if you start to play with polarity and paradox, on one side you realize, okay, uh, you gotta have realistic expectations, there might be some limitations here and there, not every beautiful woman's gonna melt for you. But I've also, each year I like to focus on a core topic and stretch the envelope to set a new reference. So one year I wanted to just go extreme, I'm five six myself, and I wanted to, uh, and I'm, uh, I was 43 at the time, 5'6", so I wanted to disprove every possible uh, disbelief any guy may have. So I started to uh, date some super tall girls, like one is 6'5", a uh, super pretty young girl. And so if a guy only focuses on one aspect of reality and thinking, oh, geez, I'm like 5'2", and I will never have a taller woman, that's not true. If a guy only thinks of like, hey, I can get any woman that I want, even though I'm 5'2", that's not true. But a balance of both is the most intelligent combination.
2: So do you teach um, negging and peacocking? I'm trying to think of some of the other terms that you read about online when you think of uh, pickup artists. Like, you know, that term negging. Well, what is negging?
0: Well, you know what? I didn't come from that school of thinking, Um, I think that it's fair to say that everything can work, and oftentimes the guys who think of it first come from the right frame of mind, but then it gets distorted and guys get lost, and anything that you do with women, it's very important that you do it from a place of trust and faith, not a place of fear, because if a guy starts to nag a girl because he's afraid that if he doesn't do it, then it's not going to work, it's not the right thing to do. But if a guy is pretty playful and the girl is all stuck up and he nags her here and there from a playful place, it might be a very good thing. Um, But I, I don't come from that frame of mind, you know, I think that initially... I have a very deep appreciation and love for women. I always joke around. I'm here in San Francisco, and I used to be a spokesperson for a lesbian group here in San Francisco. Hmm. And I would always tell, girls, I'm really working for you. And uh, But it's a bit of a joke, but at the same time, there's some truth there. And, um, yeah, some guys may do well with the nagging, but personally, I like to remove all the jargon, just come from a deeper place of appreciation and a better understanding of the dynamic that's going to take place and, and play with that. Hmm.
2: So recently in the news, and I'm not going to get too into this, but there's been a lot of negative attention right now towards pickup artists, and mainly because of the massacre in Santa Barbara with uh, with Elliot Rodger. Um, but one of the reasons there's some negative attention is because some of the pickup art some pickup artists, not all of them, but some of them, like this guy named Roosh, Said that if uh, suggested that if Roger had been a more devoted PUA protege, they probably could have gotten him laid and prevented violence against women. What do you think about this? Hmm. Like, do you think that guy was he beyond help? I'm
0: reminded of Elvis when he was asked questions about Vietnam War, and he would say, "I'm just an entertainer. You know, I'm just a healer and a coach." But at the same time, you got to know when to uh... to step up. I think that the first misunderstanding because words are tricky is that there's two main categories of guys out there. There's uh... guys who are pickup artists and PUA uh... PUA's who really want to improve their reality with women. At first they're probably a little selfish but if they really follow the steps and do their part they grow into being remarkable men and they certainly make Women's life much easier because, you know. Sometimes I, I I observe one thing I like to do. I observe average guys and how they deal with women, and I feel for women because between the drunk guy goes, hey hey you hey, hey it's my buddy's birthday, hey, you want to take care of him,
5: that or never the shy guy who's
0: looking like a pervert at a at a peep show and not talking but just drooling. That must be tough for women. So, of course, there we're rendering a major, major service. I mean, I, uh, I'm genuine when I say personally I work for women, meaning I want to make men better men out there so everybody's happier. And also uh, there's the tendency to think that women have a lot of choices, and it's not true necessarily. At the level of quality, certainly not and at the level of building their own self-esteem, if a girl thinks, yeah, I have choices, I just have to spread my legs, she's not going to benefit from that attitude. (laughs) Uh, And that men don't have choices, so we need to help men understand you have more choices, so then if they're talking to a girl and the girl doesn't really like them, it's no big deal because they have more choices. And then there's a completely different group of people, but the media has not made the difference between those two groups, uh, which are haters and... Uh, the hate pick-up guys.
5: Uh, the anti-PUA
2: movement. We hate the
0: haters. We need to be the solution. But those guys, basically, here's the challenge. If you want something better in life, it's going to take some self-work. That self-work will also include knowing your own birth-given value and refining that A guy should never try to improve his own self thinking, I'm a mess and I need to change. He should go like, I have wonderful gifts and talents. Life doesn't come with an owner's manual. I better do my best to refine myself and take great care of myself. But But it takes a lot of work. It takes looking in the mirror and going, are you willing to change and are you willing to take the steps? And that's almost like two roads on the road and two different options, two folks on the road. And at that moment, because it's going to take work, and it's not going to happen overnight, it's going to take being honest with yourself. A lot of guys, they take the easy route. So instead of looking inward for the changes needed, they start to look outward. And, you know, I think that those haters and those guys like the guy in Santa Barbara are doing as much harm to women, disgusting arm, as they have been uh, uh, to to men as to women, because they have. Um, if you watch his video, at some point he said, "And you guys are going to pay the price too." And I don't know. Well, that he killed men and women. So. But yeah, he, yeah. but so, he definitely uh, was
2: a misogynist, though. I mean, this kid hated women, and and I, you know, I don't even think getting laid would have helped this guy. I mean, he could have hired a prostitute. He had money. And he could have, but I still think deep down inside he had mental issues, and he hated women. So that's that's what, what I wonder: is is there a certain point when you just give up on a guy? Like that? I can't help you. You're you know you're kind of hopeless. You have some issues. You should probably go see a therapist. Like, does that ever happen to you?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's essential to know who we're dealing with and to send them at the, the at the the right place. But you know, I'm thinking uh, I saw like this. Uh, former uh, teacher of mine, I mean, I'm still studying all of her stuff, but I have been less in touch with her, uh, Marion Williamson from A Course in Miracle. She's running for Congress. And I remember hearing her once, and she said, yeah, a lot of people would say, I hope there's never going to be a Hitler anymore. And she said, the real truth is that I hope that if there ever was one again, no one would follow him. So the change has to happen within And um, there's really a minority of very bad elements. The problem is those who are kind of in between, who continue to follow that. And if we really dig into the subject, I don't mind to openly talk about that. Uh, I didn't want to jump on the topic, but... Uh, I personally have suffered a lot from those hate groups, like uh, PUA hate, they call yeah, themselves. Yeah,
2: what what is this PUA hate? I mean, it's a forum. Well, it was a forum. You know, don't now.
0: know who's behind. They, their site fortunately has been done, and Initially, I mean, you know, there they, they were some really fun guys out there, like uh, Barry Kerkey. I used to be on his show, and he would bust my balls. And But the guy was a comedian. He had, he had a good sense of humor, and I think it's essential when you do stuff in life to know how to also make fun of yourself, not be seriously. So a tradition was started of uh, kind of being the Howard Stern type of, like, busting people's balls, and I loved it. And initially, recently, the, the site started to appear a couple of years back called PUA Hate. And I remember one of the first time they put a picture of me on there. I had done a big summit in, in L.A. And it's true, we rented microphones and a P.A. And one of the microphone looked a awkward and they had put a picture of me saying, Vince Kelvin teaching how to suck a black dick. And Ooh. I have a sense of humor. When I saw that picture I was like, <laughs> Ah, funny, those guys are good. But then it got worse and worse and uh without uh, uh mentioning any name or something, they even went as far as uh uh they were a little internet wizard and they started to buy domains like Vince Kelvin hate. And then they pushed it and hmm. lies and putting pictures of me with shit on my face. And then they started to attack some girls that were close to me and they had put a picture of oh, the uh, internet trolls. Uh, the, these the girl guys. I, I've most loved. And they had put a gun to her face on the picture, which is uh, a crime. Jesus. But, but yeah. all that hate I mean, it got out of control and, uh, I think that uh, it's it's also important, you know, there's always a fine line between live and let live, but know when to take a stand. And uh, there was a Rosa Parks one day the back of a bus who said, enough. And uh, Martin Luther King, all those great leaders who, who so dared to take a stand. what did you so do? At like, this point, the hate must go, and especially the hate of women but also the hate of men and, and the, the core. It's important to always identify with the core issue and viruses. And the core issue is when people look at the world, the success of others and the things they want from a sense of impossibility.
2: So what did you do, though, effect. to these guys? I mean, did you, is there any way to, to ca- like counteract what they're doing, their, their you know, dissemination of hatred?
0: You know, I, I looked into that a little bit. It was a long shot, and then at the time, I decided I'm just gonna be the uh, the solution, and um, uh, I created a site called PUA Love. We didn't pick up so much because it's funny. The whole world, you know, tends to. We watch the news today, and we hear uh, everything went well today. People were happy. I don't know that many people will tune in. So that's that's the, the sad aspect of like a deeper issue at a global level, you know, we, we tend to be junkies of drama and stuff like that, but um, I wanted to be the solution, so I, I wanted to counterbalance, you know, emphasize the love, the love of women, but there I think some breaks have to be put, but it's important that the media makes the difference between, okay, uh, there's two completely different groups, there's guys who are doing pickup in their own ways, and they do it out of their love of women and wanting to help guys to be less pricks, more sense of possibility. And then, as with every field or anything, there's haters. But those haters have pushed it too far and those haters have been breeders of haters. And uh, hopefully this incident will will, uh, put an end to uh, those uh, hate groups because is um you know when when we hate others like that, we make it worse for ourselves
2: so no i, I totally agree, and I think uh, that that website PUAHate, hate ended up or that forum ended up uh, being deleted, and I know a lot of their comments were deleted, but you know I mean the fact of the matter is there 's going to be critics there 's going to be people filled with contempt, and they 're just going to go congregate somewhere else, so I mean, you just end up uh, you know unfortunately it 's just a reality, and then the internet allows them just to get together, have their little meeting area where they can uh, Wallow in their own self-pity. Um, so, Vince, before, but real quick here. I wanted to just wonder if you could give a, you know, a few words of advice here to my co-host, Joe. So, Joe, Joe lives in San Francisco. And he was saying San Francisco has got to be one of the worst areas to meet up chicks. To, to meet chicks, right? Weren't you saying that, Joe? Yeah, like, that's pretty bad. <laughs> so, it's pretty so, what bad. do you think, Vince? Is San Francisco a worse city to pick up girls than, let's say, New York or L.A.?
0: Well, Joe, here's the thing. Even if the odds are a little bit against us, we gotta realize that most men are gonna think that. I'll give you an example. Last year, we did a big summit in San Francisco, and we had something like 160 attendees, and the first night, we wanted to give them a bonus and kind of all go out and do a non-formal little boot camp with all the trainers doing little demos. Of course, 160 guys arriving in a venue where there's probably already more guys. Most of them, they entered, and I was outside waiting for people to still arrive. And most of them, they came out, and they were like, "Uh, well, there's nothing but guys in there. And I said, perfect. Why? Because that's what every other guy is going to think. Personally, I always thrive in San Francisco because I look not at how it's going to work against you, but how it can work for you. So what did I do? I walked into the room. Indeed, there were a majority of guys versus women. I looked at the most beautiful girl by the bar. I went up to her and I said, um, "I'm the only guy." Uh, I said, "Are you aware that you're the uh, I'm the only guy talking to one of the few girls here?" And she started to laugh. And then I said, "Those guys are creeping me out. Let's go somewhere else." She was hmm. 21 year old, hmm. and boom, that was it. We we spent the night together. Wow! Um, wait, when wait I, that's I, all it I, took. When I started to travel, <laughs>
2: Sorry? You were slick. That's all it took. You just said, Hey, I'm the only guy checking you out here. That's, uh, and, and let's go somewhere else.
0: Yeah. I said, you're one of the only girls here and I'm the only guy talking to one of the only girls here. And she started to laugh, which she had a little bit more. And I said, by the way, those guys quit me out. Let's go somewhere else. And of course, uh, the moment you stand out a little bit, women are going to be like, who are you? And I was saying, I'm the man that came to save you from those animals. And then I started to talk about guys. And you know, guys are interesting. This is funny. And we talked about the ratio. And anything that's a concern, too, one way to really do it in a real way, anything that's a concern, start to use that as a topic of conversation. So you're in San Francisco, your concern is like, why? Is it easier to meet people in New York uh, versus San Francisco? Start to go talk to girls. And of course, you shouldn't run little surveys because it's still not flirting. I would say, you know, girls, you seem very interesting. It's funny because I was just thinking to myself, wouldn't be easier to meet cool girls in New York, but you've just disproved my theory. Well, thank mm. you. What are your names? <laughs> I'm Joe uh, when i first started sorry
3: go ahead well i I was going to say if if i was in that position i would have said something like uh hey do you mind if i give that camel toe a pedicure maybe that's my problem
2: do you think that would work (laughs) if you said that that doesn't
3: camel toe a pedicure. that would never work (laughs) maybe it never works i mean maybe maybe i got it i'm doing something wrong you know
2: what i think the problem here i think joe might be a beta so could you turn a beta into an alpha
0: well, that, that, was, that was pretty alpha right there. The, the voice, I think, uh, um, if anything, uh, awakening the alpha side. I don't think that there's any one of us that's necessarily better, but just knowing your own true alpha nature in your own ways. And part of being alpha is being willing to be vulnerable. But by the way, it's not a bad idea. I think it's always what you do with it. That camel toe thing, I would go and say that to a girl and say, and I'm officially the biggest punk of the evening. I just didn't know what to say. That's my problem. What's your take on it? And as a way to test, and any genuine girl would be like, yeah, that was rude. And uh, that's a world record of rudeness. Here, high five, bring the hand down and say, so now I'm about to make it up by telling you the sweetest thing. In the
2: world. See, that's what you need From to do, Joe, life. is turn it around. You just you, you make the camel toe comment and then you just go back, you know, make the, it work you retreat. For you. Right. You know, he he's uh, Vince is, is is making this uh, this horrible pickup line work. Yeah, is. that's what she really to is. do. Yeah, right. Anyway, Vince, it's been good talking to you. You've taken up, uh, we've already taken up enough of your time. I, I know you're a busy guy, and uh, you, you got more um, um, uh, seminar. You know, the rest of the seminar due tomorrow. What is your website? It's uh, that I can plug here. Is it seductioncoaching.com?
0: That's it, SeductionCoaching dot com.
2: And there, people can go find out information about your services and your classes, and they can sign up for uh, for for your classes.
0: Yeah, and and I'm not. Overly hardcore in terms of marketing, you know, I believe in word of mouth. Um, I also have a lot of free services. One thing I'm currently doing on Facebook, Facebook Vince Kelvin, is a free 90-day challenge. I'm putting videos every day for 90 days. No advertisement, nothing. There's not even a mention of my site. It's just free service to the community. so And I appreciate you guys uh, being on, on the call. I've been listening to you guys all day long, huh. some uh, prior episodes and some really, really awesome stuff. So
2: Great. Well, I really uh,
0: appreciate it.
2: Well, well, thank you for the compliment. All right, Vince, well, uh, thanks for being on the show, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely keep in touch.
3: Definitely. All thank right. you. Take it easy. Okay, t- good night. Take it easy. Take it Bye-bye. Easy.
2: So there you go, Joe. Uh, I wonder shit. if you got some sound advice there. So wh- what, what, what was he saying? Like, So once you say the camel toe comment, you're supposed to give her a high five?
3: You're supposed to give her a high five and say, uh, I'm an ass. Sorry, I'm a punk. I'm a punk. I'm a, I'm
2: a punk. And that's and, then why... say the,
3: and then say the sweetest thing to her.
2: So wh- wait, what would be the sweetest thing you say after asking her if she gives her camel toe a pedicure? <laughs>
3: Uh, geez, uh, what would be the sweetest thing you could say to, to counter that? I, that I don't even,
2: I, I, I think the only thing you could say is like, I'll buy you a shot of Jameson. Exactly. Yeah. And, buy and, your drink, right. and uh, you know, maybe we can get, make it rain, and, make it rain. Make it rain. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. really know what else you could do. So have you ever thought about hiring one of these pickup artist guys?
3: Hiring? No. I mean, I'm not that, I'm not that bad. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I, I, can't, I can't talk to a girl, but I can see how somebody who maybe uh, wasn't that good or they, they really just got, you know, tongue-tied when they were trying to talk to girls. I don't know.
2: Well, you know, it's, it's funny because this guy kind of proved my, my notion about what these guys are. It's just like this This whole you – know, I don't want to say that they're selling snake oil. You know, like they're mm. all charlatans, even mm-hmm. though they are somewhat. But right. I think, I think what it is – it's, it's, it's kind of like Tony Robbins. It's like, we're going to self-help but we're going to boost your confidence. Right, and it's yeah. just like, you know, some, right. that, I'm, I'm sure it does work for some guys.
5: You right. know, I mean, you, it's, you, it's,
2: you, it's, they teach you a bunch of general lines, things you can say in any situation to a girl. Yeah. Okay. You keep trying on enough girls, feeding right. them that same line. Eventually, it's going to click and you, you might get a phone number.
3: You throw enough shit against the wall and something's going to stick, right?
2: You know, or you throw enough shit on the girl. On the girl uh... or oh, the girl, right? <laughs> Either or. <laughs> and eventually, you're going to get her phone number. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this guy didn't seem, you know, initially going into it. I'm like, oh, you know, we're we're going to talk to another pickup artist. It's you know, it's, he kind of he kind of uh, you know is the type of person I thought he would be. It's like one of those guys. who well, I have a holistic approach and it's self help yeah. and it's you know, this this building your own awareness to the surroundings. This guy. Doesn't he's not the type of dude who's like women are targets, they are prey. Whereas nah. I think some pickup artists do feel that way.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, also I think that uh, that accent probably
2: gets him a long way too. That's you the know, thing. It, you know, he comes
3: if, off as very um,
2: it's alluring. Uh, if you, it's alluring. If, yeah. if uh, you know, if you went up to a girl, and you're like, so do you give your camel toe a pedicure? <laughs> you know, I bet you she would be more, you know, susceptible yeah. to that than than Joe Kelly going, hey. Yeah. You, know, you you, you, you hey. can throw a pedicure. Hey,
3: you, you like know.
2: that, huh? You <laughs> like that?
3: By the way, I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think Elliot Roger should have probably tried that line out. It might have got him some ass. Uh,
3: yeah, if but, the guy had an actual sense of humor.
2: That that's um, the one thing about that that kid. It's like when initially when I read about this that whole thing with that guy, and I'm like, you know, this dude's got to be just a hideous deformed creature. Just you know, some like malcontent troglodyte that hasn't left his mom's base. Not Great. a bad looking kid. Drives well, a BMW. His dad. You, yeah. You his dad them? is an assistant director of The Hunger Games. What more uh-huh. do you need to get laid?
3: It's yeah. Well, the guy is obviously mental sick,
2: health. You know, you know it's it's and a deep rooted misogyny, which I think is also stems from the, the mental issues. I, yeah. I, I just think at that point, it's like you know, this guy. There's only so much a pickup artist can do, for even for some guy like that. It's like I, I imagine eventually they're just like, yeah, you know what, I can't help you anymore. Here's your money back. Right. So, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, th- I still think you should try that advice. Just go say the camel toe thing and then high-five the girl. High-five. Say, like, hey, high-five, high-five. High-five. High See five. if that works. Right. Um, anyway, we, we got to move on. Um, yeah. This is a star-studded show. We got a special edition of My Two Cents coming up next.
4: Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is
0: Trucker Paul. I gotta tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I've bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow up doll, and my jack off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word fiddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. And you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. How do y'all flick my ball?
2: I put a spell on you. So we've got a few phone calls here to the Sickerong on Hotline. Actually, it's a special My Two Cents segment. And we have uh, two special guests here in the studio um, to take some My Two Cents calls. Cremator and Digester from Google. Hello. I prefer this segment to be called My Two Francs. My Two Francs. My two Francs. Thank you guys for uh, for showing up here and uh, answering some My Two Cents calls.
6: Well, I absolutely love to hear stupid people ask me questions.
2: And, and so you've come to the right place. Sick and wrong. Um, so anyway, how, how are you? Uh, how is Ghoul? Are you currently on tour?
1: No, we just got back from tour like uh, three weeks ago, a month ago.
2: I, I saw you uh, at the uh, the Roxy with um, with Iron Reagan. I got to say, it was... Probably the best live metal show I've seen since Guar. We are pretty awesome. It's true. It, it was very violent. There were some antics. And and that, was,
6: that was just Great White next door.
2: Yeah, and, and I was about to say, and at the same time, Great White was playing next door at the Rainbow Room.
6: We were afraid for our lives, to be yes. sure. It was quite terrifying, really.
2: <laughs> Did you try to uh, score with any great white groupies after I to
6: score with great white.
2: <laughs> I
6: saw some old men in leopard pants. Was I supposed to score with the, Or They had skin of leather and long hair. I, it was hard to tell apart the peoples.
2: I was wondering if Killbot was just going to go over to the great white show and just wreak havoc.
6: No, that asshole came to our show and wreaked havoc.
2: You know, I know, that, that kind of leads into my next question here. Where, what, where is Killbot from? Like, how how did that guy? How did you find? How come that guy wreaks such havoc on your guys' uh, set?
1: Oh, this uh, the Ghoul Hunter built him a long time ago, and uh, we can never get rid of him. He follows us
6: everywhere.
2: Uh, well, what about Kogar, the Destructor? Why don't you stick him on Killbot?
6: We do every night. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, very, it, it's very ineffectual, as it turns out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, okay. Well, what about that, that? That was my other favorite thing about your guys' show is you have um, a cast of characters. You know, we have a cast of characters here on Sick and Wrong, but they're not definitely not as uh, as um, dramatic if char- as your characters. If by
6: character you mean actual people, yeah. yes, we have yes. many of those. Actual people
2: who um, who who cut things up and spray blood and uh, other substances from the stage all over the crowd. Um, I noticed, uh, was, was Mr. Fang there at the Roxy? What, what's his deal?
6: Mr. Fang uh, sadly could not join us on his tour. He was uh, busy attending the curio shop. You know, he has to make a living, too.
2: It, what, what type of curio? Is this how you guys make your money when you're not touring? Is it from the curio shop?
6: Well, we, we will uh, often rob the graves, you know, to get the meat for our meals. And then we can sell to Mr. Fang the the knickknack, the googles, the curios, as as it were, for to his shop, and he he pays us uh, in turnips, and uh, which is the actual currency in Creepsylvania.
2: So where is Creepsylvania? <laughs> it's in Eastern Europe. And, and so when you guys aren't on tour, is it back to the uh, the lair or the castle? Well, I don't know where you live. The condo? We live in
6: the catacombs.
2: Oh, in the in the catacombs of Creepsylvania. I wish yeah, uh, uh, we had
6: the castle. Underneath Mount Noir Cemetery, you can find us, and uh, you will regret it.
2: So, are there like what? Well, what are the uh, the leisure time activities here in uh, Crete, Sylvania? Like, do you go to the arcade? Is there a strip club? Xbox. Uh, Xbox. It's <laughs> pretty yeah. much it. Xbox. Xbox and porn, <coughs> but not uh, yeah, porn of Hulu. different kinds. Hulu.
6: I'm really into game uh, game of cards.
2: Oh, game of Tards, Yes, that's, that's I, I, I imagine that's probably quite popular. It's, it's a really
6: yes. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing when you're an idiot listening to trash metal with your brain damaged and no uh, brain cells left. How that show can resonate with you?
2: <laughs> do, do you watch that when you're on tour? Like what, what? Um. Who? You were recently on tour with Iron Reagan, but you played with Guar and you played with Cannibal Corpse. Um, no, no, Cannibal. No. Cannabis Corpse. Cannabis Corpse, oh, okay. Get,
1: get it? Ha ha. I know, we we were kind of blindsided by that one
6: too. I thought there was going to be a much bigger tour, you know, with Cannibal bull. Corpse. Yeah, oh, Cannibal Corpse, you know, very like, exciting.
2: Yeah, you know, we scored, and next thing you know, Cannabis Corpse. But cannabis hey. Corpse.
6: Uh, okay, we'll get stoned then.
2: So, still, you know, it's still still a good band. All right, last question. If you happen to uh, murder Miley Cyrus, how would you dispose of the corpse? What, what is your favorite corpse disposal method?
6: Pretty, eating. Eating, eating is pretty much what we do. It's a silly <laughs> it's, question. It's a, it's a little... I, don't, I think I would skip Miley Cyrus's... Uh, There's no rump roast there, you know. A, this. Little, a little stringy.
2: Yeah, you should go yeah. for, like, uh, Beyonce. She's got I mean, some ass or something. She's
6: got... We could make lingua from her. <laughs> she has proven this, that she has a great tongue, Then I would love to to taste that. Uh, sauteed with butter.
2: How many babies do you eat a night? Because I noticed you uh, you slaughtered a couple at the, at the show. How, how many do you typically eat a night? A
6: night, I, Like, how many babies could you eat a night, man? My stomach is only so big. Yeah, like, you yeah, like, One baby, maybe. Like, half a baby. <laughs> yeah, and you really want to, you know, you want to uh, mix it up a little bit. You don't want just baby on your... Maybe you want some uh, lady fingers.
2: Yeah, I guess, you know, there are various Body parts, you know, they go well with baby. body types. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe you want some great white testicles.
6: Sure, that we call those Cripsylvanian uh, mountain oysters. <laughs> call them fireballs.
2: <laughs> fireballs, yeah, that, that that'd be good. So, the new record, Hang Ten, is it your fifth record? It's uh, I forget. It's an EP.
6: EP. So- It's not uh, technically in the album line. I believe it is actually
2: our 10th recorded release. 10th recorded release, Hang Ten came out. uh, We bullished it. We count all these singles, too. Okay, all right. And that that came out a couple months ago. And uh, you were saying, uh, Digester, that you can buy it at tankcrimes.com?
1: Sure, Tank Crimes sells it. Uh, You can probably find it at your local Sam Goody
2: all right, where, where are you playing next? When, uh, when, when's the next show?
1: We're playing with uh, DRI on August 24th in, um, uh, in Santa Cruz, California. Again with the California.
2: I know, do, do you guys prefer playing in, uh, in North America or in uh, Eastern Europe? It's our,
6: uh, it seems North America is the only place we get to play anymore.
2: Well, what or, happens if you play in your hometown? Are you lynched?
6: Well, thrash metal is illegal in Krebsylvania. Yes, but so is cannibalism, and we do that. That's true. It so is a lot of things, and we do all of them.
2: Wow, I didn't. I, I had no idea. So you guys are kind of rebellious in your own way.
6: I, yes. I, if only you we can had say that. If only we had a cause.
2: <laughs> exactly. If, if you had a cause, well, eating babies seem like a good cause. Um,
6: process, yeah. This basic sense.
2: Well, you guys are here on Sick and Wrong, and uh, I'm going to use your. Uh, I'm going to. I, I need your counsel. I need your counsel. We have a, a bit that we do called My Two Cents, where uh, we have listeners call in, and ask us questions, and they want our advice. And I'm not saying these are just joke calls. This isn't a comedy routine. This is some serious, serious stuff.
6: Well, so is this, and I plan to give you the best advice that I can offer.
2: And that's why I'm glad to have you on the show, both you guys. Okay, so here, let me uh, let me roll the theme music. My Two Cents with Dean and Lance. And uh, we'll get on to the uh, the first call. Actually, this call, I think you might have some experience in uh, this matter. Okay, this is uh, this is from an Englishman. An English gentleman.
5: All right, you cunts. Neil here from South London. Haven't called you for a while because I just had a fucking baby. Anyway, a couple of things. Number one, a couple of cunts have been on the telephone. Some Scottish geezer, some Welsh geezer. To be quite honest with you, I actually don't mind them. But there again... They're cunts because they're Scottish and Welsh. They love.
2: I think the English think everybody's cunts.
6: Right. You know, they're good projectionists. They're really just (laughs) internalizing their own hatred for themselves. It's a sad, sad thing to see. When they look in the mirror, all they see are broken, horrible teeth. And, well, that's pretty much what we would
2: see looking at them. Yeah, They
1: don't understand that no one knows the difference between a Welshman and an Englishman.
2: Or a Scottishman, except maybe the Scottish guy has red hair. That's about Uh, it.
1: Just pasty people who smell like sausage.
2: If you ask me, I think they're all cunts, but... So does this guy.
5: Up the fucking arsehole of the sheep. Anyways, not as easy I'm calling up. I've been up my best mate. Had a load of wife beaters. Love it. Just had a baby. Is it wrong, right, to basically baby in the front room and then you to basically have a fucking wank because you need one because the missus won't fucking partake in a bit of the old sex bike <laughs> and uh, he's in the front room with you? Obviously, I'm not wanking over the baby. I'm not into fucking baby sex. He's totally wanking on that of. baby. Personally, I don't give a fuck. Even if he's looking at yeah, you, he's a fucking baby. I just stick it out there. You know, Some people might say, I'm a pedo. I'm not a fucking pedo. Don't like fucking babies. And the end of the day, if there ain't no fucking grass on the fucking wicket, then you don't go there.
2: So what do you think? Is this guy a pedophile? Is it wrong uh-huh. to I masturbate with a baby in the room?
1: What's I his problem he, with wanking over babies?
6: I'm wondering why he's not eating the baby. <laughs> After wanking over them. Yeah, it's like why? Well, I think the wrong part here is to have the baby in the first place yeah. to continue your ignorance and your almost completely unintelligible speech patterns. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and not to mention spread that uh, the, 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 the dental work. You know, think about it. The, yeah. the teeth, those are genetic.
6: What about yeah, that guy's I, accent anyway? It sounds so fake. He sounds so Welsh to me.
2: You know, I think that is Daniel Radcliffe. I who, think he's um,
6: Welsh. You, you think this guy's Welsh? He's a cunty, cunty Welsh.
2: Well, he certainly likes jacking off on babies. You know, I, I, I think it is wrong to, uh, to masturbate um, on a baby near a baby i just don't understand yeah, I, I, that's, I just, a, that's a
6: bold stand that you've taken to not yeah. masturbate on babies i'm <laughs> so that, brave
2: <laughs> that is that is my stance on that oh. i i have an anti-masturbation policy on infants
6: what
1: if the baby was just like on the other side of a very thin wall
2: that's fine because you Six can't inches see it away yeah you, you can't see it that, that that you know you could cover it over with a blanket
1: what if you have a picture of the baby on the wall
2: now, that, okay, now that's a gray area. I would say same same thing goes with cats and dogs. I don't uh, I don't masturbate with those in the room either. I, I,
6: I think there is actually a, like a, a science behind the the baby's sight. Once the baby can see like uh, you know a couple of inches, which is probably all he's got, then I think that you have to stop. Uh,
1: <laughs> that makes sense. No, yeah. why wouldn't you masturbate like? If there's a dog in the room, why would you even have to masturbate?
2: Uh, Couldn't the, you just
1: <laughs> fuck the dog? <laughs> I Are you sure
2: you're not from Wales? A spoon of peanut butter can take care of a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, there you go. I think the guy is just a pedophile for being English. I, that, that makes sounds sense good to me. To me. Yeah. Okay, here's a second call. It
0: was something and wrong. Um... This is Missouri <laughs> stoner. I'm like 18.
2: I think this might be Neil deGrasse Tyson. Is,
0: I was to it? high school, and so I'm in this hotel room, right, with this guy. And oh, I don't know God. what to do. He, like, threw up everywhere, all over the hotel room. And, like, I have no idea what to do. And he just, like, completely passed out on me. And he's just snoring right now. We drank, like, half We drank like a bottle of Jack Daniels, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know what to do, man.
2: He's
0: passed
2: out. You know, I have a lot of questions with this scenario.
0: Yeah, what what guy
6: is this? I think it sounds like (laughs) the guy uh, was trying to get him drunk.
2: (laughs) And and he passed out. But why do these two guys have a hotel room in the first place?
1: And he passed out on top of the dude? And he puked
2: all over.
6: And he puked on him. Is he financially viable? Then run.
2: Yeah, and that's what I wonder. I mean, would you flip the guy over? Or, or, or is it? what are you supposed to do if they're passed maybe, out on their stomach?
6: I think he's, uh, he said they drank the Jack Daniels, and the man puked, and he's, there's no more Jack Daniels. So I think I'm putting three plus four, and yes, can drink the puke to get drunk again.
2: You know, I think that's probably what he should do. This is what he should do in this situation. He should drink the puke and then puke on the guy to get retribution. There you go. You know, why not? And then eat his hand.
6: Every (laughs) ghoul advice question ends with eating a part of a person. Establish this now.
2: Well, I think this, he should, even if he's just going to leave, he should do something to this guy.
6: I think he should cuddle him.
2: You it just think like a nice spooning. It sounds like there's a spooning session going on, and the guy uh, puked, thus ruining this guy's night.
6: That's that's really really sad. And you know, they got the room. The candles were lit. There was rose petals all over the floor. Now there's puke on them.
2: I blame. I blame the jack. You know what this guy should do? Take some pictures. Post it to MySpace. Yeah, and find a new dude to hang out with. (laughs) Find a new man, because this guy, first of all, he's a lightweight. Second of all, he's very inconsiderate. Uh, Absolutely. You must move on. Uh, Next caller. Next caller. Okay, this is an email here. It came in from Cy. He says, I need your two cents on this matter. I'm 29 years old. I have my own home, and my uh, missus is 20. So understandably, her friends are around that age, too. My grievance is, as we have a good place for people to congregate before a night out, people come around for pre-drinks before we hit the, uh, the bars. Now, getting down to the real nitty-gritty, after a night out, my girlfriend, and without saying her friends, think they still have claim to alcohol left on the premises. Now, if I leave alcohol around a mate's house, you know, that, that's gone. It's gone. If it's, if it's there on another drinking session, session, it's just more fuel for the fire. But there would be a degree of shame for asking for it back. Whereas they think it should be left there untouched from when they left. I class it up as a tax for cleaning up after these bitches. And just simply because it's left in my fucking house. What do you guys think? Should these women have claim to the booze they left in my house?
6: No. <laughs> that's that's really simple that's stupid if you want your booze you can come with your booze and you can take your booze but you cannot leave and then come back for the booze because
2: the booze is no longer yours at that The point.
6: booze is no longer yours the door's closed you're a vampire you must be invited back in also you're stupid and you should just bring enough to drink for yourself
2: <laughs> what, what kind it's, of what, what's the drink they drink in uh in creepsylvania
1: Oh, no, we drink rot gut, skull.
6: What's the uh, other one? There's another one. Uh, a peace, peace brain,
1: brain jerk.
2: Oh, okay, peace all right, brain. brain jerk.
6: If you count putting up your nose as drinking, right.
1: yes, it's we drink, drink brain jerk. You could put it in a drink, if I guess, if you wanted. You so- can
2: also snort alcohol now. Oh yeah, you can snort alcohol now. Then they have uh, alcohol powder?
6: It's like vodka tampons a lot. If, they, if these girls are cutting lines of alcohol and they expect the line to be there afterwards, you know, quote, alcohol, then they're stupid. The lines will be gone. And, uh, yes, this man uh, also, I'm wondering if he waited until there was grass on the wicket to play cricket.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. This guy, there's like a 10-year age difference here. I think this guy yeah. might be a pedophile. Is this I think- another
6: British person? He, said, he
1: used the word mate.
2: He did use the word mate. I'm thinking, uh, and he used the word nitty gritty. Uh, you know, I'm thinking this guy might be another Englishman. Uh-huh. I, I think he
6: needs to date uh, women at his maturity level. And so I'm thinking
2: like 14, 15. Yeah, that, that, seems, that seems about right. Just dating. That's <laughs> all I said. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you know, they leave alcohol in your house. They've lost their claim. They forfeited that booze.
6: Just what you do is you just mix it all together and then see if they will take your version of rot gut home after that.
2: What if he put bodily fluids in the remaining uh, alcohol that's left in, you know, left in the kitchen?
6: Well, it's got to be 10% backwash, right? It's a good idea.
2: (laughs) Would would that happen if that happened in Creepsylvania? Would that uh, enhance the flavor of the, uh, the rot gut?
1: I demand bodily fluids in my drinks, yes.
2: It's okay. made.
6: It's actually made from bodily fluids. Oh, that, that's that's where it comes from. It's fermented, yes. Fermentor takes it. It goes into a skull, and then you know you age it for about twelve weeks. Then you got to add some yeast to it. And uh, I just would say, so I, I always know that my cup is my own. I always lick the alcohol.
2: Uh, that's that's a good thing. You know what? Uh, uh, the alcohol uh, tampons are those kind of like alcohol suppositories. Are those popular in Creepsylvania? Super popular.
6: I have five of them up there right now. I don't see. I get the alcohol digestor gives me these alcohol tampons, and you know I suck them dry, and there's just not very much in there. I don't understand the point.
2: Yeah, well, it's probably because you're 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 sucking the used alcohol tampons.
6: Well, I I mean this is. Uh, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm still doing it wrong.
2: Yeah, you have quite the tolerance there, uh, Digest, or having five in, in right now. But that's good. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, pre- more, I'm
6: pretty wasted at the moment, actually. More, more impressive is
2: that you can fall. <laughs> yeah, true. So, okay, the last, uh, the last uh, question here is another email. Um, this guy, is, uh, he says he's a 19-year-old student. He's in a predicament. He's playing online checkers. And met a woman. They emailed he back yourself and forth. Now. He's
6: playing online checkers himself <laughs> now.
2: I think there you go. That's the problem. Is there more to this? There's a little bit more. He hasn't actually got to the question all right, yet. All right. Um, so he's playing online checkers. God, why would you play online checkers? It's much more exciting. <laughs> it's just I mean, it's I can't 30. even believe he met a woman playing online checkers.
1: Have you ever played online checkers?
2: I, I've it's never really cool. actually played online checkers. The,
1: gra- the graphics are amazing.
2: You know, it makes me think that that kid that shot up a bunch of uh, chicks up in Santa Barbara, maybe he should have played online checkers and could have met a lady, you know? He
1: probably did.
2: <laughs> so he met a woman. They emailed back and forth in a friendly manner. But now she's uh, becoming sexual. She's a married woman from Russia with two kids. She's quite hot. She also sent him nudes. He puts in parentheses, no, I'm not sending you them. That, all and, right, that's... At what point did she ask for his
6: bank account number? <laughs>
2: <laughs> hasn't gotten, just, hasn't just, gotten to that point Just yet. to help
6: me a little bit and I'll send you another nude. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like an incredibly plausible story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now she's talking about meeting up to have sex and how turned on she gets when talking to him. He doesn't want to ruin her family, especially now that he's seen the kids. She says she had never divorced the husband, so it's okay for them to have sex. So, so what's the problem here? Should he stop communicating with her, or should oh, he have he sex? You should
6: absolutely PayPal her the money for the plane ticket now. <laughs> Nothing
1: can go wrong. <laughs> what is this guy's email address? Because I know this African prince.
2: Well, oh, that's the guy from Nigeria, right? Yeah,
1: he's got the... He's got, He's got a business proposition.
2: It's got a business proposition. It's going to, yeah, going to make a lot of money. Double your investment. I definitely think this guy needs to go for it. I see no problems here. Zootalors get laid. So what does Creepsylvania p- men think of Russian women? Is there like a, I mean, do you guys like look down upon them? Is there a class? Anything thing is here? better than a creepsylvanian woman. <laughs> what does a Creepsilvanian woman look like? Can you imagine,
6: like, a, a wart? Imagine it as an entire woman. A general
2: wart or just a regular? Just a wart. A general wart, <laughs> yes. A general wart, yeah. Wow, I think I saw a couple of those at the Rainbow Room, actually. It might have been Ron Jeremy, though.
6: It, they were, I'm sure they were hanging on Ron Jeremy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he probably has a couple general warts. Um, okay, well, there you go. You know, I think uh, you should go for it. Uh, you know, the, she's Russian. She's hot. She has two kids. Seems completely honest to me. <laughs> completely honest. Just uh, I would, you know, would you buy a first class ticket or just coach?
6: Oh, you definitely want first class because then, you know, she'll be so grateful. She'll, she'll, you know, she'll suck the chrome off of a uh, trailer hitch.
2: <laughs> yeah, you'll probably get some uh, Russian anal. So that's a good thing.
1: Classic um, love story, isn't it? <laughs> hot, it's, it's beautiful. Hot Russian sex pot attracted to online <laughs> checkers playing
2: nerd. <laughs> and who says who says you can't meet chicks online? You know. You know that, that's what they say all the time. All these nerds are like, I never meet girls online I, checkers. That's where the ladies I, hang no, out. Because when they
6: do, they're not usually girls.
2: Yeah, you know, I would bet. I would be willing to wager. At least a couple of bottles of vodka here. That this guy would would pay for the first class ticket. She comes out, and she probably is a chick with a dick.
6: Oh, I'm and I'm sure that in your scenario she will definitely 100 percent be coming out after receiving the money. <laughs>
2: she she definitely would, yeah, because <laughs> because Russian people it, are so honest anyway.
6: If if he got a chick with a dick, she'd be luckier than I think he's going to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, th- well, thank you guys for uh, um, disseminating this uh, useful advice. I think you yes. saved a lot of people. Uh, people, you can call the Sicker Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. Um, as always, go buy yourself a Sick Wrong t-shirt, Store. Sicker Wrong store, com slash store. We also have They Live stickers available as well. Just go to the website, buy a shirt now. And, you know, they never listen to me. I tell them this every week. Buy a shirt, you dickheads. Listen to me. Okay. They, 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 I think you, you know what I think it is? I think it's the tone of voice. It's my sexy baritone. It's your sexy baritone that, uh, that, that, that they pay attention Nobody to. Nobody can resist my charm. <laughs> wrong Song of the Week is going to be a, uh, a song called Krieg from the new record Hang Ten. What, what is this song Krieg about?
1: It's about Krieg.
2: Who is Krieg?
1: Oh, he's the, the leader of a biker gang that uh, briefly took over Creepsylvania recently and killed a bunch of people, hung a bunch of little orphans from their necks. Basically a pretty cool guy, so we wrote a song about him.
2: Yeah, you guys should let him in the band.
1: He's they dead. Can, they oh. decapitated oh, him. Oh, they killed him.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. How, how old was Krieg? Like, Did he have a long life?
6: Uh... Um, there was no birth record. He could have been anywhere between... 40 and 41.
2: What, what is the lifespan of a typical Creepsylvanian?
6: It's not very long.
2: <laughs> it's probably that diet. Uh, it doesn't seem like you guys eat very healthy over there. We eat we great. Eat great. <laughs> Just, uh, yes, yeah, a dead There's baby. I guess it is nutritious. There's other Creepsylvanians, I don't
6: know what their problem is. We, we are always, we have lots of fresh food coming in all the time. <laughs>
2: So um, Krieg is the song and it's from the uh, the new record Hang 10. You can buy this record at tankcrimes.com. You, you guys will have- buy this record at tankcrimes.com. There you go. How can you argue with that? You're powerless to resist that voice. Um do you guys have other records for uh, at your website available? What's the website?
1: The reps website is creepsylvania.com, but we don't sell uh, records on there. You can get all of that
2: from Tank Crimes. But you can get some uh, some some fancy T shirts. I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, you
1: can get uh, we, You can get fan club packages and back patches, and that's about it. You can and become it. a. You can oh, you can get
5: T
6: shirts. That's true. You can get T shirts on ours. You t-shirts. are the worst capitalist ever, <laughs> <T-shirt> <laughs>
2: store. I was about to say, what what do you sell in uh, in uh, Creepsylvania? Cabbage.
6: I'm glad we only dig up food instead of having to pay for it with a business mind like this leading the band.
2: Yeah, no, it, it, you're definitely not as uh, digester you're not as persuasive as cremator.
6: Digester, we need to sell shirts. I haven't changed clothes in 10 years. Do you well, guys we've got s- tons of shirts, why don't you just grab one? Not the rule? go to wear a shirt with your own band name on it.
2: Do, do you guys sell like the hoods you wear over the face? Because I think that that could come in handy, especially in the UK, where you know a lot of the girls aren't all that attractive. You put one of those uh, canvas most of hoods our fans over can them. Really use them? Is that the use for those? I'm
6: sure. Yeah, well, that's why we wear We're hideous.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've heard I've heard of that, but I don't think I don't know anybody who's actually I, seen your face.
6: I wish we could put them on the face of each and one of every one of our. Fans.
2: I think you should sell them on the site, personally. You should sell that and Ghoul's own um, alcohol tampons. Why not?
1: That's a great used alcohol tampons.
6: We got five ready to go right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well, Cremator and Digester, thanks for being on the show. And uh, if you live in Santa Cruz, uh, go check them out. When's that show?
1: Uh, August 24th.
2: August 24th. At, uh, at the
1: Catalyst in, in Santa Cruz with DRI.
2: Go check out Ghoul with uh, with DRI if you live uh, a- in the Bay Area. And, uh, yeah, go check out Creepsylvania.com and Tankcrimes.com to uh, buy Ghoul's new record. And also you have a YouTube channel I didn't even promote. What's that one? What's that all about? Creepsylvanian.
6: Uh, right. YouTube.com.
2: And is it just you lip syncing so to here. different songs, or uh, do you, are you guys singing, like, uh, Miley Cyrus songs, or is it just, you know, actually is like, performances? We got this
6: thing where we do, like, they're dancing to this song, and then it says, do the Harlem Shake, and we go crazy.
2: Oh, okay, I didn't even know that uh, reach, that finally reached Creepsylvania. It's taken it's, about, I think that was but, popular but, here about two years ago.
6: Oh, I thought it was fresh. <laughs> got this video I want to share with you called Chocolate Rain
2: chocolate oh, okay then did, did then uh, did you guys do a cover of that or is that an original piece no it's one i just saw it's amazing oh wow <laughs> go check that out maybe at the uh, at the youtube channel
1: no uh, cremator, cremator wants people to uh ask him questions just like we're stealing your format he wants uh, people to ask him video questions on youtube so you can send them there
2: oh well, well there you go people you, got, uh, you, 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 know, you don't have to ask uh, Wackerly and myself all these questions. Just go over and ask Cremator questions.
6: Let's admit, Metal fans, uh, there's a lot of people who need help in this scene
2: and not enough to help. And, and, uh, and you guys, as you can see, dispense sound advice. So I, I think you should go and, uh, and uh, definitely go check out that. Is there a link to the YouTube channel from Creepsylvania.com?
1: Uh, I think there is not, there can be in five minutes. Again, this bu- this business mind <laughs> that
2: we got. I'm, I'm going to help you with the business plan. We're, I've been doing it for buddies. a while.
1: We need a manager.
2: All right, it's, it's, I, I might have to, to give you some of my advice here. All right, well, uh, cremator and digester, thanks for being on the show. I'll definitely I'll come see. check you out next time uh, you play live. Thank you. And people, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, episode 435. Till then, take it so easy. Mm-hmm.
3: guy, the, uh, the Nambla guy? The, you know, the uh, we, remember, we, remember Nambla? Oh um, we be, be strong, be brave. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the, the National Man Boy Lover. Man
2: lo- Is that from that documentary? Yeah,
3: you remember you played that documentary. Yeah. Stern used to play it all the time too. So I, I, man manboy I Lover. Man
2: Boy Lover. <laughs> you know what's funny too about that guy? What do you think these girls look like that he's shagging? I know. That's, and, you know, I want to know what he looks like, too. Um, Go look him up, dude. Search for Vince Kelvin. He's on Facebook. Or just do Google images. <laughs> uh, what? No way. He's not good looking at all. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I just wonder what these chicks look
3: like. Ew, he's, like, making it. There's, like, pictures of him, like, and girls. Hot girls? Uh... Not really, but like younger girls. Ew, that was that guy? Yeah, he, he looks very Euro. He
2: does look very Euro. That's the thing. The Euro thing helps. It's interesting. It sort of amazes me. This guy makes a living off of this. You know, he kind of looks like...
3: Uh, he kind of looks like the guy from The Rhythmics. <laughs> you
2: no, know, he kind of looks like uh, dude from The Clash.
3: Joe Strummer? A little, a little bit. bit. Huh. That's funny.
2: And crossed with Bob Dylan.
3: Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, that's. I don't know, man. I know. I mean, I know all all girls would not be into this no, guy. No, he,
2: he's not picking up hot chicks. This no, guy. no. He's picking up just uh, just random loose bar sluts. Look at right.
4: That.